Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking goal setting, expectation versus reality. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, episode number 91. Today, we are talking to you about goal setting and your expectations going into the process versus the reality check that you may find down the road. And we think this is an important and useful episode because maybe for somebody out there listening to this podcast, we can kind of do some, Nicole, I guess, like damage control up front and look at kind of explain to you how the process works, what to expect going into it, uh, mitigate some false expectations Mm -hmm. and give you the reality up front so that if you're new to this process or you've set yourself a new goal and you're looking to achieve that in a more efficient manner, and not have too many setbacks, hopefully this episode uh, speaks to you and can help you through your process. So Nicole, going into this episode, I think there are three main things that I want to accomplish. I think today I want to talk about expectations going into the process. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about expectations during the process. And -hmm. I want to talk about expectations when you've reached certain goals and what a path forward looks like. Okay. And in starting this episode, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to talk about the trans theoretical model of stages of change Mm -hmm. that we go through when we're making change. So this is a concept in uh, behavioral psychology when we're looking to make changes. This is something that we want to look at and say where as coaches, we say, okay, well, where are our clients right now? based on the dialogue that we're having with them. Or if they're not currently our clients, they may be in a pre-contemplation phase, which is the first stage of change. And in that pre-contemplation stage, there's no plan to change within the next six months. You're not thinking about change and you're even rejecting change. And we all know those people. There are people out there that you you tell them, okay, well, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't do that. They're like, ah, stop, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. right? Those are the pre-contemplation. They're not even thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. The second stage of change is contemplation. And this is somebody that intends to change within the next six months. They're just contemplating it though. They're thinking and talking about change and maybe they're starting to seek out gathering information and maybe they're starting to seek out support. Mm -hmm. And that's where maybe I'll get a text message saying, Hey, you were referred to me. Maybe they have a trainer, right? Oftentimes I get referrals from personal trainers yeah, that don't do nutrition coaching. And I'll get a text message. Hey, so-and-so uh, referred me to you. That will either lead to a consultation or maybe it won't. Maybe they just want to throw the reel out there and, you know, see what my response is, see what the process is and get a feel for it. And they're still yeah, kind of yeah. contemplating whether or not they even want to do the consultation. Mm-hmm. Then when they get into the consultation, one of our jobs is to move them this is where we get into motivational interviewing as a style of coaching, 
one of our jobs is to ask as many questions as possible. Nicole, like, like you and I mentioned offline mm-hmm. is to ask the right questions to try and see if we can move them from contemplation into a planning phase. Mm-hmm. So the third phase of change is the planning phase where you're planning to make a change within the next month. You're planning what it would take to make that change happen. And I really want to emphasize the importance of planning this change, because when you're looking at what it would take, oftentimes we just think, okay, well, I'm going to put in a, I'm going to put myself in a calorie deficit to lose weight. Or I'm just going to sign up for coaching and hope for the best. And they're going to tell me exactly what to do. Yeah. And I don't have to actually do anything. I just got to be there. So let's do this. You know, Nicole, let's just go through the rest of the phases and then we'll continue on okay. and kind of talk about you know <laughs> where you are in the process and what, what needs to be done and what the expectation is. So the next phase okay. after planning is going to be action. And in the action phase, you're making changes for less than six months, taking positive steps by putting the plan into practice. And then from action, you get into maintenance. A maintenance phase is making changes for more than six months achieving positive and concrete developments with continuing and potentially little support. That's where we start to kind of loosen up the reins a little bit. And then you have a relapse phase, which is perfectly normal and healthy. And that's where you start falling back into old patterns, actions, and behaviors. And each relapse is met with new insights and knowledge leading to less frequency and setbacks. And I think that's an important component and we'll get into that in a moment, but Nicole, Mm-hmm. I'll kick it off to you. What are some of the expectations that we should look at when we're going into the process and maybe we're in a pre-contemplation or a contemplation or even a planning phase? Because I think that those three are really early on in the process. Some of the things that I think you should think about when you're in that pre-contemplation or contemplation stage, exactly, first of all, what the goal is. You really want to fine tune what it is that you're showing up for what the why is behind that goal, why you want to do it, and exactly how that's going to affect your life, the things that you're going to have to do and break down and change, and then exactly how much support you have around those goals, the reasons why, and how it's going to affect change in your life, and then exactly the, the obstacles and difficulties that you may face. People go into change thinking that they're just going to breeze in show up, do a few things here and there, and then everything is just going to fall into place. And that's not the case. So the expectation is that it's going to be maybe messy, a little difficult. It's going to take some hard work. You're going to have to really think through the process and everything in your mind that you think is going to happen probably will happen a little bit messier than what your mindset sets forth. And you have to be ready to take on some of those challenges. And so when we get someone in that pre-contemplation and contemplation stage from a coaching standpoint, and you come to see us, we ask a ton of questions. What is it that you're looking to change? Why is this the time that you want to make those changes? What is it that you've done in the past that you've tried to do to make these same changes? And what worked? What didn't work? What obstacles did you face? How did you handle those obstacles, what type of things that you think you could do better this time around. And more importantly, how as a coach, can I help you work through that? And what do you think you need support in? All right. So that's a lot to unravel. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I want to start off with the 
do Nicole, do we want to start with the why or do we want to start with the goal setting piece? Like which one? I think they kind of that's difficult. I think it comes together. I mean, most people come to us and go, I want to lose 10 pounds. So I guess maybe the goal would be easier to start with. And then the reason, okay, well, okay, 10 pounds is great. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? So maybe start there. Okay. And then we also want to get into obviously using the SMART criteria, which is specific, measurable, attaining, attainable, realistic, or relevant, depending on where you're getting that from. But mm-hmm. you know, same thing. And then time bound. So I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay. Well, how long do you want to lose that 10 pounds? Yeah. And then another question is how long have you been trying to lose this 10 pounds? Like how long mm-hmm. have you had this goal? And then I think the bigger question into deeper change and why you're changing is really the why. So, Nicole, let's get into the why a little bit more in depth and why that's important. Well, I think a lot of people's why is are very surface based. I want to feel good about my body. I want to look good in my clothes. I don't know maybe I have a vacation coming up and I, I want to be able to you know fit into summer clothes. That's what I'm hearing a lot now coming summer. So and I call them surface wise because, yes, those are all really good reasons to want to lose 10 pounds in terms of looking and feeling good. Of course, that's always a factor. But the deeper reason why that is eventually going to come out anyway. So we try and really pull that out at the beginning is to find out exactly what that is so that when the obstacles around the looking and feeling good wear off, which does happen. So like, for example, you want to fit into your summer clothes, but now you have to grocery shop, hit your protein goal, get your exercise in, hit your workouts. When those things all start to hit home and they're hard to do, the looking and feeling good starts to fall away. Like it sounds good. Yeah, well, maybe I'm just fine with the size that I'm at. I don't know if this is going to work for me. I've, we've heard that before with clients that that then starts to pull back. And that goal and that reason why is no longer as important as it was maybe a few weeks ago. And then you want to dig deeper into, well, what is the real reason why you want to look good and feel good in your clothes? And that tends to be more from a health standpoint, maybe building relationships, maybe getting a better job, maybe feeling like they're more confident in their skin. And that why will anchor into the behaviors a lot stronger than I just want to look good in a pair of shorts or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there's, there could be, and you just brought that to me that I think about often where I get that when I get that real why it's, well, I hate what I see in the mirror. Yeah. I don't like what I see in the mirror or I don't feel wanted yeah. By other people. Right. When you touched up on mm-hmm. relationships. Right. Those are the deeper whys, And everybody has those deeper whys. I just think for some people, it's tougher to access that deeper why mm-hmm. that deeper why might be much deeper and too deep to come out right now. And I yeah. think that's part of the process and the journey is to really kind of figure out what that why really and truly is. I just feel like the bigger whys or the deeper whys anchor to those behaviors a lot more. And so it's important to know the difference between the two. So, Nicole, I want to go into uh, the next point that you brought up, which is how it's going to affect your schedule and your life, because I think Mm -hmm. this is really important. And I think up front, if you don't take a good enough look at the changes that you're actually going to have to make. uh, And I think that also ties to the consistency too, Nicole, that you also brought Mm -hmm. up. So I want to talk about both of those together and, and start with what it's going to take throughout the process, because oftentimes I think people are just kind of laxy daisy. They think I'm just going to hire a coach and they're going to tell me what to do. I'm just going to do it. And that's going to be it. Yeah. And that, and, and the big piece here is the long-term goal. So 
you know, it's really difficult with coaching these days because people want things fast. And that's kind of always been a thing in the industry, but people want things fast now in ways that is absolutely unattainable. Like it's impossible to do some of the things that people are asking us to do as coaches in terms of fast results, in terms of, um, you know, uh, helping the metabolism get back to a place of uh, flexibility and adaptation is is easy to you know manipulate. It's not easy to do some of these things anymore because people have gone to such extremes to be able to get back into that takes even more time now than it has in the past. So, well, so long-term goals, go ahead. Let, let me jump in here because you're talking about ad adaptation and what Nicole's referring to is, and we've talked about this on this show before, is that metabolic adaptation. So I think one point that I want to touch up on in regards to that is Oftentimes when people come to us, they come to us at a point of, I've tried everything, quote unquote, mm -hmm. I've tried everything. And I would argue that oftentimes people haven't really tried anything fully, yeah. but I've tried everything and nothing seems to work. What do I need to do? And then, you know, first thing that we say, the first thing that you should expect to do is, well, let's see where your starting point is and let's meet you where you are. And I think that that's an important part of the process because if you log in your food journal for Nicole, you do it for two weeks. I do it for a week. We figure mm -hmm. out what your baseline is. And I see that your calories are very, very low. And I estimate your calories at a high, a much higher amount. And you're coming to me with a fat loss goal. One of yeah. the first things that I'm typically going to say is, well, we need to reverse diet. And I know that you want to lose fat and you want to lose weight now but we need to reverse diet. And I need you to understand that process up front because mm -hmm. I don't want you to come to me in two weeks or a month's time and tell me, well, Daron, why haven't I lost weight? I think I should eat less calories because the reality yeah. is, and I, I say this all the time, is if you're eating a thousand calories a day or 1200 calories a day, the only place to go is up. Mm -hmm. And we need to bring you up to maintenance, whatever that looks like. That could look like 1,800. That could look like 2,000. That could look like 2,200. Nicole, I think that's about average for typical women mm -hmm. in terms of maintenance calories. Obviously, mm -hmm. there are going to be some variations depending on your size, your height, your weight, how much mm -hmm. muscle mass you're holding, right? There are going to be differences from person to person. But that's a decent range for me to say, okay, like 1800 to 2200, 2300, maybe that's going to be your maintenance. So you should expect week by week to gradually increase and not really gain much weight. Maybe you'll gain a pound or two. Maybe you'll even lose weight. I don't know what's going to happen because everybody's different from a, a physiological standpoint. Everybody's mm -hmm. body is different. But what I can tell you is that you're never going to get the job done if you're not doing it this way. You need to understand that up front because I don't want to tell you, hey, it's going to take you. I don't know how much time it could take you three months. It could take you six months. It could take you nine months to reverse diet. I don't know. But what I'll tell you is I don't want to hear if I tell you up front, mm -hmm. I say, hey, you're going to need to reverse diet. I don't want to hear from you in two weeks or a month. I, this well, I isn't working. I, this isn't yeah. working. I haven't lost any weight and you obsessing over the scale. And I mm -hmm. think. Nicole, you and I as coaches, this is part of the reason why I think we want to have this conversation because you should know what to expect up front. Yeah. And, and setting the expectations, it's a really difficult conversation to have with some of our listeners when, you know, they come with a weight loss goal and, and we have to have a difficult conversation of saying, well, this might not be the right time 
to set weight loss as the goal, we have some pre, I call them prerequisite courses that you need to take before you head into school kind of thing that we need to get done um, before we get there. And like I said before, people want things even faster and sometimes having the difficult conversation, especially when they're in that pre-contemplation and contemplation phase, they come looking for information and trying to educate themselves on what they need to do. And when in their mind, they think they're just going to walk in and we're going to give them a plan and they're going to lose weight. And we have to reset those expectations that this might take a little bit longer than you think. Uh, and we, ha- we have to reframe kind of the, the, the process of what this will look like. I think those are conversations that can be hard at first. But if you are down for what we talk about all the time here on this podcast is long-term lifestyle change, you can you can get better goals than you even expect coming in if you pay attention to these things. And here's the thing too, Nicole, is I want to stress the importance of thinking about it as long-term change because oftentimes what people are looking at when they want to get results is they say, well, I want to look like this person. I want this person's legs. I want this person's upper body physique and I want all this stuff. And my response was, well, you need to build more muscle. You're not going to, you're not going to diet your way to looking like that. Right. You need to spend a few years building the amount of muscle mass that you need to attain that, to, to develop and, and attain and achieve and maintain that Mm -hmm. physique. And it's, you know, when you're looking at people who are fit and you're thinking, well, I, I, I can do that. I can, you know, go into a process over, over a period of three months and I can, you know, come out the other end looking like that. You have to realize that these people that you're looking at, this is what they do day in and day out. And these people, they've found a way to integrate it into their lives. Yeah. It's not their entire lives. They, most of these people on, you know, cover fitness magazines, whatever it is, they have full-time jobs and mm-hmm. some of them have kids. Some of them are you. Yeah. Right. And that what they do is they find a way to make it work and they're not making excuses throughout the process. And they're very patient throughout mm-hmm. the process. They understand that it's going to take a long time to build and develop muscle. And the more muscle you build on your frame, the easier it is to be able to eat more calories and still get leaner to, to be mm-hmm. that person that can eat 300, 400 grams of carbohydrate and get mm-hmm. leaner while doing that. Yeah. And I think also being really honest with yourself, like when we get clients into action, the action phase that you were talking about drone and people are actually starting to do things like they're showing up to the gym, they're getting their protein, they're tracking their whatever goals we set for them, there are going to be intraphases of maintenance and relapse within that action phase that we try and prepare clients for or try and prepare you for as you go through those and to keep you on track so that you can wrap your mind around the different paths that you might take and the different strategies that we have to alter as we go. Not everything, like I said at the beginning, is going to be this black and white, clear cut, simple, easy path. It's going to get messy. It may be hard. Life can sometimes, you know, dip in and out and shake things up and challenge your mindset and challenge your consistency. And within those action steps, if you're prepared for living in maintenance for like, for example, I'll use the example of you take an action step, we get three months of some some pounds down, say you lose 10 pounds, eight pounds in a couple of months, even four to six months. And then you live in maintenance for two months to let your body adapt, get comfortable there. 
And then there may be a relapse. Maybe you go on vacation and you there's a setback and you gain a couple of pounds back, but we we rally in and pull the, the straps together and get behaviors back on track. And then you lose a, you lose a couple more pounds for another couple months. And then there's a little bit of maintenance because the holidays hit and you want to have a little bit of freedom and flexibility. So the weight loss isn't coming off because now you're living in that maintenance phase and enjoying a little bit of the holiday and also trying to wrap your brain around different strategies and paths through holidays and dealing with parties and, and different types of food. And then you go back into a weight loss, you get back into action and then you hit maintenance and that loop goes through over and over and over again. It's not this linear, just straight plummet down into fat loss or weight loss or strength gain or whatever. And I think that's some an expectation when you talk about setting expectations, it's really important for you to understand is normal and really the best way to create long-term lifestyle change because you're balancing out the loss, the maintenance and the relapse within your action and being able to be empowered by any of those things coming your way. So that as you progress through weight loss for a lifetime and keeping them off, keeping those pounds off, this now becomes something that's natural and easy for you to do. I think, Nicole, since we're on the topic of the relapse part, I, I really think that it's important to emphasize and I want to talk about relapse and then I want to get into the length of time and how you should kind of approach change and habit change in general and kind of layering it one on top of the other. So, Nicole, if I forget, just remind me that's where I, the direction I want to go. But um, I think if we're talking about the relapse, I think one of the important things to talk about with the relapse phase is the fact that you learn about yourself as an individual and your tendencies and what to expect from yourself and then how to show up for yourself moving forward, given the information that you've learned about yourself in that relapse process. I think that that is very important. And I think that with every failure throughout the process and you should expect to fail and it's a good, I know this is going to sound cliche, but you should expect to fail. And it's a good thing to fail because when you fail, you learn and you're going to fail and fail and fail until you achieve. Right. And I think it's really important to understand that it doesn't make you a failure. If you've relapsed, it was another learning opportunity. Every opportunity in front of you is a learning opportunity and you should expect that and you should embrace that instead of saying, oh, well, I suck. And oh, well, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I don't really want to do this. Maybe I'm not really capable of doing this. It's really important to understand that that is a learning opportunity for you. And then, Nicole, the next thing that I want to get into is how to kind of build habits one on top of the other, because I think something that we frequently get is I just operate better when you just give it to me all up front. Just give me everything. And that's that kind of, we call it like that all or nothing mentality. Yeah. That to me is I am different than everybody else, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I know I can just do this if you give it to me. And the, the fact of the matter is I don't care how experienced you are. And I'll use myself as an example. When I've relapsed and I've taken steps back because I do, right? I went from being a competitive bodybuilder. And even at that point, I don't think I was all or nothing. I don't think I had that all or I mean, you do need some level of that mentality when you're competitive bodybuilding. And I was definitely all in when I was 12 weeks out, eight weeks out, four weeks out from a competition. I mean, listen, I'll be I'll be lying if I said that I there weren't days that I relapsed during contest prep too. 
where I would binge out on something and be like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to make up for that. Even myself as an experienced veteran, and I don't know if I if I really like to use myself as an example, but if I'm off track and I'm way off track because life threw a curveball at me mm-hmm. and de- depending on how long I've been off, that's going to dictate what I'm ready for moving forward. So I may say, OK, you know what? I'm not going to measure my foods out, but I'm just going to start cooking and I'm just going to start. I'm going to have food available at home because I feel like I'm eating out too much right now. Or I may say, hey, you know what? I just want to have a good quality breakfast every single day for a period of time. I still do that. And I've been doing this for, I don't know, 20 years. Yeah. Right. So I don't want people to expect that they can just make the change all in one shot. I want people to understand that part of the process is building habits on top of each other. So you may set some goal of I want to lose 10 pounds within, I don't know, a two month period. Mm-hmm. I think that's a realistic time frame to lose 10 pounds. If you have all of the things together and all of the tools necessary to be able to create that change. And what I mean by that is, are you getting adequate protein daily? Are you getting, are you having your protein distributed evenly throughout the day? Are you getting adequate carbohydrates? Are you tracking what you eat? Are you prepping what you eat? Are you shopping for what you eat? Right. All of these little things that you need to do to hit that goal. Those are the things that you need to take on one at a time. And oftentimes what I'll get is, okay, well, it's not working for me to just focus on protein right now. So just give it to me all. And I'll, yeah. I'll do better that way. And I'm like, well, you can't handle doing one thing right now. Now you want me to give you a hundred things because the reality is when I say focus on balancing your calories, your carbs, your fat, your protein, um, that's not all I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is now you're going to have to shop. You're going to have to cook. You're going to have to prep. Right. You're going to have to set aside time. You're going to have to figure out what time you're going to eat lunch uh, in the middle of your day at work. You're going to have to figure out your sleep routine and what time you're going to go to bed. And have you gotten all your meals in before you went to bed? And you're going to have to figure out your exercise and the frequency of your exercise. And okay, well, what are you going to have to do to prep for the gym? Are you going to have, are you going to wake up in the morning to go to the gym? Or are you going to go to the gym in the evening? Or are you going to have to pack a bag or pack your breakfast in the morning before you go to the gym? Are you going to have to pack a bag and take it with you to work? Right. There are all of these little tiny micro habits within the habits that I'm asking you to do. And you just think, well, it's just about carbs, fat, protein, and calories. But the reality is, is that it's not, it's about how you're going to integrate these changes into your life and what little tiny habits you're going to have to achieve just to do one thing that I'm telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the other piece to that too is I think when people are contemplating before they get into actually taking action, that they, they think of all those things. They're like, I'm going to, you know, people that come in, I'm going to work five days. A, I'm going to work out five days a week. I've got it all set. But then they actually try and actually do it and implement it into a week. And one workout falls off and they're like, I only got in three days. This is awful. I, I failed. Nutrition is even harder because. I think it's the fastest or the first thing people throw out the window. I have had clients that'll be like, yeah, I did four workouts and I, but I didn't hit any of my protein this week. Well, okay. I realize that you think the workouts are the most important piece here, but quite frankly, we have to kind of flip the switch there and we have to really focus on the protein intake because 
if you aren't feeding your muscle tissue, then the workouts are great and you will get strong. It's not like it's doing nothing, but the goal that you're looking for, really, we have to focus on that protein. And the, from a health standpoint, for anyone that's just coming in from a health with health goals, that's where that starts from too. So I tell clients all the time, you have to get relentlessly obsessed in a positive way about the one thing that you're going to focus on for the next month. Relentless, like all in, nothing is coming in to take it away. There's no business meeting. There's no work stuff. There's no family stuff. Like you're, that is the priority above all. And if you're only focusing on the one thing, you can actually do that. If you're trying to focus on calories and macros and workouts and sleep, you know, that's a lot to ask someone to do right out the gate when they're not even sure that this is what they want to be doing, period. Is your mindset right is basically what I'm getting at. Like, are you really and truly authentically mentally ready to do this? Yeah. And I think that once you've asked yourself that question and you've confirmed that that's really what you want to do, I think the next step is understanding the Nicole, like you said, there, I'll kind of frame that in relentless consistency. Yeah. And, and, and another thing that you want to think about is how you're executing the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, right? Like I can say, you know, from a workout standpoint, well, are you really pushing yourself? Right. And from a food standpoint, well, are you actually tracking appropriately or are you kind of tracking? Right. Because in the the reality is like when you come to me and you say, Daron, I'm doing everything that you're telling me to do and I'm not getting the results. And then when I look at the food journal and I'm like, you're kind of doing some of the things that I asked you to do, but you're not really all in and you really have to be all you can't be one foot in one foot out. You have to be all in. And if there are some barriers and hurdles that are in your way from a work standpoint, you have children, you have uh, a spouse, you have family things going on, you have financial things going on, whatever's going on. I need to know those things because one of the biggest things that I tell people is that your work, your life and your fitness and your health and nutrition, they're not separate. They're all together. The whole process of your nutrition is about everything that you're consuming and how that's affecting your stress and how one thing is playing into another thing. And if you can realize that, then you can figure out, okay, well, where do I need to make changes and adapt? Like, are the changes really just changes that I need to make in my nutrition or my exercise? Or are there some lifestyle changes that I need to make to adapt to what I want moving forward? And I'm not asking you to overhaul your entire life, quit your job, put your kids up for adoption, you know, whatever it may be, (laughs) right? Like I'm not asking you to do that, but what I am asking of you is to figure out what this looks like for you in real time. Yeah. How do you navigate through all of that to achieve these goals? And the other thing we talked about too offline was the level of intensity in terms of activity and building on other habits as those habits, as we form habits, We create more habits, which then creates more intensity, which then builds on this lifestyle that we're building. And so taking your foot off the pedal, I guess, and thinking that, you know, for example, if you're walking 10,000 steps, then the goal is 12,000, then the goal may be 15,000, and then you you hit maintenance. But you will always be pushing that little bit more of that threshold. So if you go out of the gate thinking you're going to do everything all at once, then you have 
no other tools to use moving forward to create change. So you really do want to stretch out all of the things that you're trying to achieve so that you have layers to look forward to over months and years of building on your health and wellness. And I think people think they're going to get to 10,000 steps and then they don't have to do that anymore. They hit the goal, they get the 10,000 steps and they can just check that off the list and go back to not doing 10,000 steps anymore because they now weigh the weight the weight that they came in. They, they lost the 10 pounds, so they don't have to do the 10,000 steps anymore. But that's the thing you did to get there. So that's now the new normal. That's new. The now the new lifestyle is that you are the person that walks 10,000 steps every day. You are the person that hits 35 grams of protein at every meal. You can't pull away and stop doing those things and expect to keep pushing the goal. Yeah, Nicole, I, I think to your point that you're making right now, and this is an important point to drive home is going into the process. You need to think this is just what I'm going. I'm going to make these changes and I'm going to do them moving forward. Period. The end. End of discussion. Because once you start thinking that you are going to do this for a few months, you're going to reach a goal and then you're going to be able to step back and not work as hard. You're going to be thoroughly disappointed with the outcome if and when that happens. Because you're just going to consistently go through the cycle of getting where you want to go. It's a yo-yo cycle. And it mm-hmm. could be the it doesn't have to be the yo-yo cycle from a in terms of a weight loss standpoint. Yeah, just a mindset. It's, it, it's a it's a yo-yo stand like it could be building muscle, right? Or building strength. I I had a conversation, I had a dialogue with somebody last week that was like, Man, I I I worked out consistently for a period of time, then I stopped, and then he came to me. Now we're working together and I'm coaching him and he's like, I've lost. So I'm not as strong as I was. And he's like, I just want to get to a point where I can just reach maintenance and take a step back. So instead of working out four or five days a week, maybe I could just work out once or twice a week. And I'm like, that's not, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Because then you're just going to take steps back and regress and you're going to end up maybe not exactly where you started, but you're going to end up in a place where you're not happy. Yeah. And you need to go into the process expecting I'm going to make lifestyle changes and this is just how I'm going to live my life. Because from a health standpoint, when you think about it, working out for your entire life is good for you. Eating good quality foods for your entire life is good for you. It's not like I've reached the epitome of health. Now I can stop. That's not realistic. Yeah. Well, when we when I do consultations, one of the questions that I ask a lot or a handful of questions I ask a lot is what do you think the person that loses 10 pounds successfully, what do you think they do and show up doing every day that you may not be doing that we could add to, you know, this goal setting strategy for yourself? And they list things off. People know they come in and they exercise every day. They eat their protein or they they stay within their calorie goals. And I say, okay. What is it that you think it's going to take for you to get to a place where you are now that person that does that in order to lose the weight? Like you and I, Jerome, talked about becoming the person that lives the lifestyle. Yeah. So I want to talk about that. Hold on, because okay. I'm really I'm really excited now okay. because <laughs> you this is this is one thing that I ha- that I say all the time is you have to envision yourself as the person that can do those things. And you mm-hmm. have to figure out what it's going to take to become that person, because the you now is not that person. And sometimes you you sometimes you even trick yourself into believing that you can't be that person. And oh, yeah. listen, I relate to this like no other. I look at 
where, where I need to be, who I want to be. I, I look at, okay, well, I try to put myself in the shoes of the individual in like the future me. So the future me mm-hmm. has far more schooling under his belt. He's got far more education and knowledge. He's consistently just diving into the research up to date, just knows, you know what I'm saying? Like, that 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 is the person that I want to and listen, it doesn't have to be from a fitness standpoint at all. It could be from a life standpoint. This applies mm-hmm. to anything. But the future me, it's like, all right, well, what do I need to do today to become that person? Right. And then eventually you kind of catch a rhythm and you're like, oh, like well, before you know it, you look back and you're like, wow, like this is me. This is actually who I am now. And yeah. that is one of the most exciting things. So if you're going through this process and let's say you see somebody on the cover of a magazine and then you want that to be your future self or that type of person or that type of mentality, yeah. you have to be able to envision that person and realize that you're going to have to do difficult things in order to grow into that person. You're going to have to go through some growing pains and you're going to be very uncomfortable but that's going to lead you to grow into that person. And if you can withstand that discomfort, then you're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to earlier when we were talking about the deeper whys, right? So when you really figure out the deeper why that you want to be the person on the cover of a magazine or hell, you just want to be someone that's strong in the gym and confident and can wear a pair of skinny jeans and feel beautiful and sexy, whatever the goal is, or, you know, you just want to be confident in your own skin and feel good in your clothes. I, I don't know. These are just things that I hear day to day. It can be very small things, but the goal, the mindset behind being that person is that you have to live that lifestyle. You can't expect to be the person that feels confident and fit into your jeans and be the, you know, educated guy that has the degrees. If you aren't going to show up and go to school or show up and do your workouts or go to the grocery store and buy the food, all the things that we're talking about in terms of chopping down the the smaller micro goals that lead to the bigger goals that then lead to the actions that create the results that you then live in that lifestyle to be that person. All right. So to wrap this up, I think one of the most important things is you need to set your expectation going into the process, your expectation during the process, and then your expectation once you've reached goals and a path forward, like we talked about, it doesn't end just because you've reached a certain point where it's the quote unquote pinnacle. You want to move forward. You want to keep progressing too, which Nicole, I think is something that we didn't mention. Like, why would you limit yourself to that point when you know that you can go even further? And I think you want to look at where are you in the stages of change? Are you pre-contemplation, contemplation, planning, action, maintenance? And I think you also want to focus on the fact that relapse is okay. It's okay because that is where you're going to learn. And that is where you're going to learn about yourself and figure out how to relapse less frequently. So you learn about, you learn a lot about yourself in that relapse process. I think you need to figure out where you are in that behavioral model and you need to meet yourself there and you need to have realistic expectations of what the process is going to take. You're not just going to go through this process, laxy daisy, and just half-ass your workouts, kind of get your steps in, kind of track your protein every once in a while, not be consistent about it and think you're going to get results. And I think the, the most important thing when you're setting your goals is to really realize what the little tiny habits are along the process that you're going to have to build and develop and realize that, A, that's going to take time. 
B, you might not even be ready to set those habits because you may be coming in at a point where maybe you need a reverse diet like we talked about. And you need to think about the fact that they're going to be little habits within habits, and it's going to take you a long period of time to do that. And you are going to have some setbacks and it's going to be difficult, but you are going to get there. And I think you're going to set yourself up for a world of success if you go into it with this mindset that it is going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy and you're not going to be able to make all these changes at once. And Nicole, my uh, my Pokemon example was if you were kind of thinking about and I don't know, maybe there's some millennials that, that will uh, will relate. I don't to even this. know what Pokemon is. My Pokemon so I'm going to let you do this. <laughs> my Pokemon example was you're Charmander and you're trying to skip evolving into Charmeleon and you're trying to go right into Charizard. You're not Charizard yet. Charizard is future you. OK, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't lived. Go watch Pokemon <laughs> and figure it out. And with that being said, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.